Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the authors and participants, and do not necessarily represent those of iHeartMedia, Stuff Media, or its employees. Listener discretion is advised. From iHeartRadio and Tenderfoot TV, Monster presents Insomniac. If you've never heard of Arthur Shawcross, I think you're going to find him to be one of the most revolting characters you've heard about in a long, long time. His crimes spanned decades. His punishments along the way were far too light for the atrocities that he committed. And, maybe the worst detail of all, there were children involved. For me, the stories that involve kids always seem to be the hardest ones to understand. And they're definitely among the hardest to ever forget. After listening to this show, I think you'll find yourself wanting to forget Arthur Shawcross, too. I wish I could get him out of my head. But so far, that's been impossible. 
I'm Scott Benjamin, and everything I'm about to tell you is real. This is Insomniac. The date was January 3rd, 1990, and police were searching Northampton Park, located 16 miles east of Rochester, New York. After a missing woman's clothing, an ID card had been found in the area. Just minutes into a helicopter surveillance flight, New York State troopers had already spotted something. They saw a woman's body, partially clothed, face down on the surface of the ice underneath a bridge that crossed over Salmon Creek. They didn't know it yet, but they had just stumbled across the frozen, mutilated body of yet another missing woman. Not even the one they were initially searching for. It was a prostitute named June Cicero, age 34, and she had been missing for more than two weeks. Remarkably, at that very moment, a car was parked on the same bridge, and the driver had his door open with his legs outside of the vehicle. It was difficult for the troopers to determine exactly what he was up to from high above, but he appeared to either be urinating on the bridge or possibly masturbating. As soon as he noticed the helicopter, the man threw something out onto the ice and drove away. But the state troopers followed his every move from the air and called in ground units to tail him into town. Within minutes, he was picked up, taken to the nearby Brockport police barracks, questioned, photographed, and then released. Overnight, authorities kept the suspects home under surveillance while detectives dug up every bit of information they could about the man they found just a few feet away from the frozen body on the ice. What they would discover that evening, and in the days and months to follow, would horrify every officer on the force, and, later, infuriate the entire community of Rochester, New York. We're going to take a closer look at the case of the Rochester Strangler, or, as it's sometimes called, the case of the Genesee River Killer. For this story to have the full impact, you need to know that it's considered normal for a serial killer to experience a cooling-off period between their deadly attacks. In fact, that's one of the key behaviors that sets serial killers apart from other types of killers. Spree and mass murderers claim all of their victims at once, all in the same day, and often all in the same location with one violent outburst. A serial killer follows a different pattern, one that includes an active period, when the homicide happens, followed by an emotional cooling-off period, when the killer returns to his or her normal life, followed by another active period, and so on. If the result is a body count that rises above three, you have a serial killer on your hands. Typically, that cooling off period is a matter of days, weeks, or sometimes months. But, in the story I'm going to share with you today, the killer deviates from these norms and takes an unusually long cooling off period between his first and second series of victims. Sixteen years, in fact. He also completely changes the target of his crimes between his second and third victims. 
it's very rare for a serial killer to change his method of operation. But he does. And you'll find out why. We're going to start in early 1972, in the small, upstate New York City of Watertown, where an unspeakable tragedy was about to strike the community. It was the spring of 1972, and Arthur John Shawcross, age 26, was an employee with the Watertown Public Works Department. He had just married his third wife, Penny, in late April. Shawcross had only recently been released from a state prison after serving time for burglary and arson. He had set fire to a paper mill in April of 1969 and then to the cheese company that he worked for in September of the same year. Well serving his prison sentence, Shawcross had spent just a few months at the Attica Correctional Facility before being transferred to Auburn Prison in the summer of 1970. Later that same year, on November 4, 1970, an inmate riot broke out in Auburn. Thirty guards were seized as hostages, and the inmates had control of nearly the entire prison. The riot only lasted one day, but it took a combined total of more than 600 state troopers, additional prison guards, and sheriff's deputies to regain control. When the situation had cooled down, it was revealed that inmate Arthur Shawcross had saved the life of a prison official during the riot. For this, he was granted early parole and was released after serving just 22 months of a five-year sentence. So, in October of 1971, Arthur Shawcross was a free man and he returned to his daily life in Watertown, New York. Had the parole board known what was about to happen in that small, charming city over the next year, they never would have let him out early. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. 
With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Shawcross enjoyed fishing, and due to this hobby... He spent a lot of his free time in and around the surrounding creeks and rivers, mainly the Black River, the waterway that runs right through the middle of town. As a result, he often shared the riverbanks with the children of Watertown. One young boy, Jack Owen Blake, age 10, became one of Arthur's favorite fishing buddies. On May 7, 1972, just seven months after Shawcross was released from prison, Jack Blake went missing. The Blake boy's body wasn't initially found, but suspicion immediately fell on Arthur Shawcross. Arthur and Jack, along with Jack's younger brother, had been fishing together just days before he disappeared. Shawcross repeatedly denied any knowledge of the boy's disappearance, and since there was no evidence against him, including no body, he remained a free man. Four months later, on September 2nd, 1972, and while the search for Jack Blake was still on, it happened again. Another child went missing in Watertown. Lots of us tell a variety of lies on a daily basis. Most are small, but occasionally a few whoppers, too. We intentionally make false statements to others to ease social interactions, protect someone's feelings with a small white lie, or use a lie to simply avoid the unpleasant consequences of telling the truth. Pathological lying, on the other hand, is when the behavior becomes compulsive or habitual. It's when a person lies consistently for absolutely no personal gain other than maybe to bolster their own character, regardless of how unfounded those claims may be. Pathological liars typically try to present themselves in a favorable light, whereas the hero, not the bad guy of the story. Pathological lying was one of many issues Arthur dealt with throughout his life. While in prison, he self-reported sexual abuse between himself at a young age and his mother, his aunt, his sister, and a couple of his cousins. Later, he would claim, as an adolescent, he had sex with a variety of barnyard animals, too. Each of the accused family members has denied all of Arthur's sexual abuse allegations, and not one instance was ever proven to be true. What we do know of his past is somewhat troubling. 
Arthur was a bedwetter until the age of nine, and his mother repeatedly shamed him for that. We also know that he was sexually excited by lighting fires, and that he liked to torture and kill small animals, including fish, cats, squirrels, and birds. That's all three points of the McDonald Triad, a set of three factors that suggest future violent tendencies and serial offenses from an individual if three or any combination of two are present together. Bedwetting, fire setting, and cruelty to animals. Again, Arthur exhibited all three traits. He also had at least three known closed-head brain injuries between the ages of 16 and 22. At the age of 16, he was hit in the head with a discus and spent several hours unconscious. At age 18, he was struck in the head with a sledgehammer. Again, he was unconscious for several hours. And, at age 22, while he was in the army, he fell from a 40-foot ladder, striking his head and rendering him unconscious once again, for several hours. Years later, an MRI scan of Arthur's brain would show that he had developed a cyst in one temporal lobe and residual scarring on both frontal lobes from the discus and sledgehammer incidents. He dropped out of school after his second failed attempt at ninth grade and eventually was drafted in the Army at age 19 during the Vietnam War. Arthur also bragged about his tour of duty and his battlefield heroics in Vietnam, greatly exaggerating the role he played and even admitting to several grotesque wartime atrocities. He bragged about solo jungle missions where he killed women and young girls, torturing them, raping them, cutting their heads off and nailing them to trees, or sticking them on posts and then cannibalizing parts of their bodies. There's no proof any of this ever happened. He claimed to be an expert sniper during the war, and that he could fashion a rifle silencer out of a rubber nipple from a baby's bottle. He also claimed a battlefield kill count of 39 enemy soldiers. Yet, according to Arthur's commanding officers, the truth is, Arthur was a supply clerk and never saw combat. In the years to follow, Back at home in upstate New York, Arthur would eventually mutilate several of his victims, and while occasionally there were body parts missing, it was impossible to prove that he ever consumed any of the missing parts, including Jack Blake's heart and genitals, and much later, the vaginas of three of his female victims. The date was September 2nd. 1972, just four months after the disappearance of Jack Blake, and there was another child missing in Watertown. This time, it was Karen Ann Hill, age eight, who was visiting with her mother for the Labor Day weekend. The Watertown police were now searching for two missing children. They found Karen Hill first. Her lifeless body was discovered under a bridge, she had been raped, mutilated, and strangled. Mud, leaves, and other debris had been forced down her throat and inside her clothing. Once again, Arthur Shawcross, now age 27, 
was an immediate suspect. A police investigation revealed that he and Karen Hill had been seen together on the day of her disappearance, and neighbors reported that Arthur was seen eating ice cream on the bridge, right near where the body was discovered. Arthur, again, denied any involvement in the disappearance of the child. But after a full day of police interrogation, he finally cracked. With his defense attorney present, Shawcross decided that he had had enough and asked police, what would happen to me if I told you something? In the hours that followed, he admitted to killing Karen Hill, but he also let them know that he had additional information to share. He could lead them to the body of the still-missing Blake boy, if they were willing to make a deal. Shawcross told them exactly what they wanted to know. Four months earlier, it was he who had lured 10-year-old Jack Blake into the woods, stripped him naked, sexually assaulted him, and then strangled him to death. As part of a plea bargain, in exchange for showing the police where the body of Jack Blake could be found, the authorities lessened the charge against Shawcross to manslaughter for the rape and murder of Karen Hill, and all other charges were dropped entirely. He would not be charged in the rape or murder of Jack Blake. For his crimes, Arthur Shawcross was sentenced to just 25 years in prison with the possibility of early parole. And while that already seems like a light sentence for murdering two children, it gets even worse. Despite the warnings of prison psychiatrists, after less than 15 years behind bars, social workers and prison staff members incorrectly determined that Shawcross was no longer dangerous and granted him early parole in April of 1987. Why did the prison psychiatrist advise against his release? Well, one reason was that Shawcross had revealed that he had returned several times to the site where he dumped Jack Blake's body to have sex with the corpse. He also confessed to removing the boy's heart and genitals and eating them. His early release from prison, or even the fact that he was being released at all, was a mistake that would only be amplified over the next three years. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. My nightmares? Yeah, I'm still having them. I had another um, pretty disturbing dream this weekend. The last one was just a few days ago, around 3 a.m. Um, it's another really, really violent dream. I'm being chased. I was laying face down, yelling and violently kicking the mattress as hard and fast as I could. My wife was startled, terrified, and rightfully so. It's clearly someone who's serious about catching me, serious, there's a reason they want me. In our moonlit bedroom, it looked like someone was attacking me on my side of the bed. Someone was. By the next morning, the only lasting memory I had of that evening's nightmare was of someone endlessly chasing me. As we raced up a very steep set of stairs, almost as steep as a ladder. He reached out to grab my ankles, and that's when I turned and began kicking him in the head. There's that terrifying moment when the pursuer catches me. Like, this is it, I've got to fight, otherwise I'm dead. Uh, it's, it's gonna be a battle to the death. The scary thing about this is like, I, oh boy, I didn't stop. Over and over again as hard as I could. I didn't stop. I just kept going and going and going until the person's practically unrecognizable. Was it Arthur chasing me? I don't know. I can't say for sure it was him. But I can tell you there was no more sleep for me that night. I guess you can kind of understand why I didn't want to record that when my family around me or near me. Um, so... I'm kind of uh, confessing to this, even though it's something that never really happened, and uh, i got to deal with that. Um, that's about it for now. I hope he doesn't haunt your dreams the way he has mine. A common trait 
among captured serial killers is that even though they're locked behind bars, they want to believe that they're still, somehow, in control of what's happening outside of the prison walls. Arthur Shawcross was no different. We've established his tendency to lie about nearly all aspects of his life, a pattern that he continued in prison, but he did so in a somewhat puzzling way. He attempted to manipulate all of his interviewers, detectives, doctors, anybody that would listen to him, by changing his story. The way he answered questions would vary greatly based on who he was talking to. If it was a male interviewer, Arthur would play up his heroic but completely fictional actions on the battlefield in Vietnam. If it was a female interviewer, Arthur would go into long, detailed descriptions of his mutilation killings and describe to them how much he enjoyed removing parts of his victims and then how much he enjoyed eating those parts. And, if he detected a tiny bit of sympathy from his interviewer, his narrative always switched over to his alleged, but never proven, claims of sexual abuse at the hands of his mother and aunt. He would add graphic details to his stories of abuse to see if he could elicit an even greater sympathetic response from across the table. Again, manipulative behavior isn't necessarily surprising from a serial killer and it was always fairly easy for those Arthur spoke to to see right through his made-up stories. They knew he was a liar, and he was never going to change. How Arthur Shawcross dealt with his early release from prison, and how he chose to fill his free time doesn't even begin to tell the story. He would undergo an extraordinary physical transformation as he struggled to find a new home and unfortunately an all-new group of victims next time on insomniac insomniac is a production of iHeartRadio and tenderfoot tv written and hosted by scott benjamin and produced by miranda hawkins alex williams matt frederick and josh thane Music composed by Makeup and Vanity Set and cover art by Trevor Eiler. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at Insomniac Pod, on Instagram at Insomniac Podcast, and at our website, insomniacpodcast.com. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.